because I too stomp off to take angry showers. Yeah, that that's what killed me was that shower shot. Like in like the tradition of what Folgers commercials everywhere, singing about your brother in the shower. Just Welcome to another episode of Glee on the Rocks. I am Emily. I'm B. So today we have a guest with us, and there's only one guest that we could have for this episode, and I will let her introduce herself. Um, well, I'm mostly just Gigi these days, but back in the day, it was Neef. And really, who else are we going to have to talk about season three, episode 15, Big Brother? And this is the cooper anderson uh extraordinaire episode it was directed by eric stoltz written by michael hitchcock that's only important because my eric stoltz does some good episodes Mm -hmm. and i don't think michael hitchcock has a brother which is a point that i will come back to if i remember it (laughs) i did not know that eric stoltz directed this i'm just now finding out what is it like 20 years later that eric stoltz (laughs) directed this episode that's blowing my mind right and he does some good ones too Mm -hmm. in the pantheon of glee episodes eric stoltz really kind of raises the bar as we will see and i'm sure that they weren't going to let matt bomer go directed by a nobody so (laughs) that's fair uh the rundown of this episode is while the group waits for news on quinn blaine is none too pleased to see his big shot hollywood actor brother Cooper. Caveats a couple there. I big shot in Hollywood. Mm. <laughs> I'm holding in laughter. I'm genuinely holding it Not in. Debatable. I mean, like debatable, yeah. Which I we were briefly discussing like how do we even talk about this episode so that it's not an hour and a half simply of Cooper Anderson. And I don't know that we should try not to do that. <laughs> because I've been looking forward to rewatching this episode for far too long. Yes. Uh, and that is simply because of how much I love Matt Bomer and Coop. And I feel like if anyone knows our fandom backgrounds and listens to this podcast, they know why. The no, they may not know why, because I didn't find out about this until very recently. And I knew of all the players in this game at the time. So this may be new information to people. Yeah, we so Gigi and I did the Ask the Ander Bros Tumblr blog. Which Back. I mean, I remember when we started that we're like, this this is going to be a casual thing. Ask like yeah. ask blogs don't last past the first few weeks. Mm-hmm. People get bored of it, but holy crap, it was yeah, it, it exploded. It did, yeah, it really did. And I wonder if that's just because people were so desperate for more Cooper. Oh yeah, that it maybe it's like was it us or was it was it Cooper? I think, I think the spirit was... of Cooper took over at one point because it <laughs> it did. some of those answers, I have actually gone back a couple of times to have a look. I don't remember writing half that shit. <laughs> I'm just like reading through like, was this me? What was this Emily? I, uh. I don't remember. Yeah. A bit of a fugue state. I definitely got vaguely in trouble at work doing that <laughs> because it, it was a little time consuming at times yeah. and I was so bored at this job that was like a, just a desk job that I would do some of the work at my job. <laughs> and I was not great at hiding 
the bright blue tumblr.com <laughs> screen from, like, Super subtle. Like, it was not subtle at all uh and neither were the people that we have caught reading the blog back in the day out in the public oh that which, was i remember you telling me about a guy was it in an airport there was a guy it you was saw over his shoulder yeah. reading. that was hilarious wow. that's it's my favorite is that there was this like 30 40 something year old dude in a business suit at an airport reading the blog and i wanted so desperately to be like why are you looking at this like whose dad are you what are you trying to learn <laughs> are you trying to figure out like what your daughter's into yeah which you are know you just really fair, into map omer we were we were pretty timid in terms of what your what your kid could secretly be reading we were i mean yeah yeah. One of the things I will say, going back and looking at the blog, I don't know how I was ever that funny or if I'll ever be that funny again. Like, how did that happen? Where did that come from? It was Inquiry pretty good. It was, it was really good. We, we had a great time on that blog. I mean, it took a lot of time because I, I, I would sit there in Photoshop and yeah. the handwriting images for every single ask. And we had to, in the end, we had to cut back on the days that we were doing yeah. it because mm-hmm. yeah. we had hundreds and hundreds of them and I just did not have the time. No. Didn't have the time, and then there was really a worry of like overdoing it to the point where, where mm. the funny went away. Oversaturation, yeah, yeah. The oversaturation, and also just like it's hard to tell a joke <laughs> when you're not like a comedian. Like it's hard to be funny. We had the blessing as well of as soon as it started to get to the point where it would have gotten old, we introduced Kurt on Sundays. I think it was. Yeah, every yeah. Sunday we'd have Kurt join in with them, and that blew up as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, a little threesome action on a very tepid scale. Yeah. Yep, that helps. We we really sewed the line yeah. with the drama in that. Because we, <laughs> we had a couple of, of I want to say episodes, we had a couple of posts where they would like have a fight or something and uh-huh. everybody would re-vlog it going, oh no. Yeah. And we'd just yeah. be sitting at our desktops like drinking it down. Like, yes. Uh-huh. I, I don't know about you, but like that that sustained me on an ego level for a good oh, while. Yeah. It was hard to admit at the time, but now that I'm an old fuck, it's like, yeah, that was actually a nice ego boost of hey, you're you're kind of good at something right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like like, like here's wait, something that people like. This audience is actually reacting to stuff I'm writing. What's happening? Especially because I'm sure I mean you I don't know that you had this as much, or maybe and B, I'm sure you know is the same feeling of like you put a lot of work into a fic and then you post it and nothing happens. Mm-hmm. And the immediate gratification of putting up an Ask the Anabros post oh, and yeah. then watching the notes is like, well, at least something that we're doing is, <laughs> which is, <laughs> it's a weird creator conundrum, right? Like, I feel like creators in fandom never want to tell people that they really want the notes. Yeah, I think that's a hard, yeah. it's hard to admit that when you put something out there, you really do want the the feedback right there's like there's a whole phenomenon of that you post something and then sitting there hitting refresh yeah mm-hmm. and then pause mm-hmm. and then hitting refresh again and you you feel pathetic but you need you do it. you yeah need you it. feel pathetic and you're just waiting like is someone gonna like it and is someone important gonna reblog it and then that'll get other people will they tell me that they like me will someone just out of nowhere you just put up something like okay this time i'm gonna post it and i'm gonna walk away and you never do. <laughs> never <laughs> never i'm nope. gonna read every reblog i'm gonna read every tag 
Uh, that's the other thing. Tumblr introduced the ability to read all the comments on posts and all the tags on posts way after right. this. So we would actually physically mm-hmm. have to go and one by like, one. look at all of the reflogs one by one because we were that yes. needy. Yep. Uh, good times. But it was good times because it really was like, <laughs> it felt good <laughs> to, to oh, have something was... people liked. It was, you know. I mean, that's the one thing I will say about, like, the, there's a lot of it that messed me up because there was a lot of, of, of backlash to me mm. in specific. But mm-hmm. that era, that Glee era, that Neef era for me, there was so much that was just, like, the biggest ego trip because for the first time ever, I've been writing fanfic since I was in single digits. Like, I used to get mm-hmm. Star Trek zines read to me for my bedtime stories. Um, that's, Which is that's how, how it should be. I that is that. how fandom my house is. My mother is like a first generation Trekkie. She was mm-hmm. part of the original Sass Trek crew. But like I've been in fandom for a very long time and I've been writing fic for a very long time. And it wasn't until Glee fandom that I actually became one of those writers where everybody's like, oh, this one's by Neve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What that does to somebody who has never had recognition, it's like everybody's like, oh, it's just by buying her own hype. It's gone to her head. It totally did. Like at the time I was <laughs> At the time, I was like, "No, I'm so humble. I'm, I would never." But no, it totally went to my fucking head. It absolutely did. How could it not, though? Like, exactly. Like, hum- like, it's human to just be like, "Oh, someone likes the thing that I did." Yeah, and I have this problem just like baking. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you don't tell me that you fucking love this cookie, yeah, it's oh, it's one of those things. I think it's it's. I don't know that I say that phrase a lot. It's one of those things. It's one of those things I keep saying. Um, but it's absolutely like when it comes down to that period of Glee, there were so many writers and there were so many creators mm-hmm. that were like, I remember there's, there was a few that were like making gifts and there were a few that were making the art and stuff. And everybody, as soon as something new came out from one of them, there'd be like siren yeah. alarm bells all over yeah. my dashboard and oh it was one of the best times in fandom yeah i can't remember who the gift maker is so but uh, Blaine's yeah. Pizza yes yeah was one of them i remember yeah it really felt cohesive for a brief moment in time like so oh. we're in the middle of season three and this feels like the center of the glee fandom yeah. where mm-hmm. it hasn't it, there's enough people doing stuff every time, every week that the conversation's flowing and sure there are some bad apples and and shitheads Honestly. and we can talk about them later and like it but it original it was like song through I think yeah, original song through the end of season three yeah. was the golden era of Glee. It it is. And it it's funny because the episodes kind of uh feed into it. Like these are rewatching is like, oh, some of these season three episodes are really good. In yeah. in the glee scale, right? Like yeah. not in a <laughs> Not no, on a regular generally. scale, on the Glee scale. On the Glee scale. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't compare them to, I don't know, cinema. But well, that's that's <laughs> unfair because there's movies that people call cinema that I think are crap. So, yeah. you know. But on the Glee scale of good, these are like some core episodes. And this is the time that the fandom was really like in it and working. And and not, <laughs> this was like the boxing project. Mm. Oh God! <laughs> so it's like there was stuff happening for good or for bad, but they were I'm having they were doing it. out of boxing. I know 
but it did i remember so many things from like especially this year from the season three year there were Mm -hmm. so many events that happened that my brain could only like catalog so many so when another one comes up it's like retrieving Mm -hmm. files oh god retrieving files yeah yeah you have to like dig back into the memory of was that this time yeah yeah that was this season which is sort of how i felt about big brother was like wait we're in season okay that's that's now and it comes after um, the mid-season hiatus. So there's Wait. Quinn's, yeah, there's so Quinn's long. accident and there's a cliffhanger and we're like, what's going on? And there's going to be a guest star and it's going to be Blaine's brother. And who the fuck is it going to be? It's Matt Bomer. Beautiful, piercing. Yeah, there was, yeah, for like maybe a week straight. I think. Probably more. I mean. I was a huge fan of Matt Bomer from White Collar. Absolutely mm-hmm. massive fan of him. Absolutely head over heels in love with him. everything yep. that he does as an actor. His choice, as you should be, is it's just flawless. And I think there's a there's a line in this where Sue just has to stop and tell him because you, sir, are a Disney prince. She has to like reiterate yes. that because Matt is, and yes, his entire embodiment is walking Disney prince, but. I remember when we got the announcement and it was months until the episode. And I, I think I mentioned this uh, to you earlier, Emily, the, the amount of time we spent coming up with like theories and what we wanted to happen and looking for like <laughs> blogging on every morning, desperate for set pictures. Mm-hmm. And then we got one and it was a group picture and we all just cropped the two of them out. Just yep. Blaine and Cooper cropped out. Just like and- just mush them together. Like you're good. Just get in there. God, I remember the wait for this episode felt like forever. And I was so excited. Well, and casting Matt Bomer requires uh, thinking that Darren Chris and Matt Bomer look alike. Yeah. Vaguely. And in some <laughs> regards, like, you can, you can kind of see it, right? Like, being some jaw thing happening. But it's more, I think it was more about their interactions as two people. Yeah. That you were I, like, no, I'm, like, I'm here for this. Fair, Suspension of disbelief and glee are kind That's of like, true. you know, hand in hand. It's a hand in hand situation. It is a marriage. Mm-hmm. Suspension of disbelief. And I've, there was a, I think it was Brad Volchuk who did an interview where every single time somebody brought up an inconsistency, he would laugh and say, but it's glee. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's, that sums glee up to me. Just like every time you mention something absolutely ridiculous, just laugh and say, it, it's glee. It's like, wait. Blaine's brother's 20 year older than him, but it's Glee. It's fine. I know. And in the flashback, they're maybe 12 years apart or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there is plot to this episode. There is about 20 and plots to this episode. There's to a be lot fair. of plots. Lots of um, continuing plots. Lots of continuing plots. And the main one is really not Cooper, which is a shame for us in talking about this episode. But the main plot is that Quinn Fabray has not died in a tragic texting car accident and is back in school in a wheelchair. And has absolutely not one cut, scratch, or bruise on her, which is Mm -mm. magical. Mm -hmm. Wow. She's too beautiful for cuts and scratches. She's just, they just reflect off of her like some kind of unicorn. Yeah. And it's, it it really had to be that the truck was traveling very fast, even hurt her a little bit, that it didn't just ricochet off. Yeah. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. We get we get some more um Barry, yes, I wrote that down. Mm-hmm. I see why people were shipping it so hard. They they were like 
comforting each other, holding hands. Like Rachel is fucked up that Quinn got so hurt. Like, yeah. He's not in a good place. She certainly cares a lot more about that than she does about her boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's there's that to contend with. Um, I mean, she yes. literally did not marry Finn because of Quinn. In yeah. In Although with that, I hmm. mean, would that have been such a Rachel move to still get married when your friend has almost died in a car accident? Like, well, we, we're already here, so we should... <laughs> <laughs> no, I think some maximum drama call because I mean she's all about maximum drama. Calling off the wedding made sense because now she gets to have another moment. Where That's it's true. All about her once again, she gets to put the wedding dress on twice. It's hmm. especially confusing because in the episode before this, like Finn's literally like, "We have to go right now," as Rachel is sending the text that Quinn is answering when she gets hit by the car. So, does Quinn immediately call Rachel and be like, "Uh"? <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a car accident and can't feel my feet yeah. or like how did that timing work out you know because ostensibly if she gets hit by a car in such an accident like you would not call Rachel Barry first thing maybe I'd well maybe Rachel programmed her phone maybe I feel like but I just feel like in in real life they would have went ahead and got married she would have just assumed that Quinn wasn't coming yeah the text Quinn realistically does not call Rachel or anyone there. She called her parents or 911. Rachel's or um, Quinn's emergency contact is in fact Rachel. <laughs> right. And the uh, medics are there like, who do we call? Rachel Barry. Call Rachel Barry. She, she's she can't get married. Um well that's, that's the other thing is that maybe that's why Finn was so insistent that day to get married is that he knew if Quinn showed up, I'm gonna call it off. <laughs> yeah, Rachel would be like mm. For some reason, I look at Quinn and I don't want to marry you anymore. I don't know why. I'm just not feeling it. Just get this feeling. Well, she she seems to be feeling pretty good right now. I'm not great at segues. I'm sure that's pretty obvious. No, you do a great Um, job. But she, there's actually some interesting in, in Glee world stuff with Quinn and her wheelchair experience and Artie and his wheelchair experience. Yes. Which I thought was weirdly adult for Glee, even if, I mean, they just kind of touch on it. They don't dig all the way into it in this episode that Mm -hmm. Quinn is very much like, this is not who I am. This is not my body. This is not me. And Artie, despite his uh, one day of rewalk Christmas is like, (laughs) This is this is me. And even though they sing two whole songs together, uh, there's a, a disconnect between their experiences with the chair. I just want to say, like, as like I, I'm big about like proper disability representation in shows. And it's one mm. of those things for me that I wanted so desperately to be proud of, of their <laughs> disability representation. But they did open the entire episode with I'm Still Standing. Yeah, um, they did. Don't you know I'm still standing better than I ever did? Looking like a true survivor, feeling like a little kid. I'm still standing after all this time. Picking up the pieces of my life without you on my mind. I'm still standing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still standing. Height so, of irony yeah. in these song choices. Oh God, I, yeah. I like 
I want to I want to look at it like I love the ramp scene. I love her getting up the ramp. Yeah, yeah, I like that too. That was fantastic, but it's it's still glee. It's still glee. Mm-hmm. No, I feel it's so funny to sometimes glee just uses music as a comedic device when it shouldn't have been necessarily <laughs> used as a comedic device and and I feel like this is one of them well they just picked okay well they just picked stand after Karofsky attempts suicide I know like, come on Stan you're gonna run again I'm like he's in the hospital I know <laughs> thing with this one they're like um even when they sing up, it's like, we're going to get yourself aligned with your spine. I was like, did someone fucking Google song with spine lyric and pick that one? Like, I just think yes. they did. So we're just, oh, we're just going to sprinkle some irony in our song choices. Like, she's in yeah. a wheelchair. <laughs> you have to hope it's irony. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I was going to say, like, you have to hope it's irony and not that they thought that that was actually a great uplifting <laughs> choice yeah inspiring for everybody <laughs> yeah. out there in a wheelchair oh god mm-hmm. yeah yeah the the ramp was one of my notes was like hey a moment of actual institutional issues faced by people in wheelchairs yes that yeah. there's this fucking steep ass ramp that i know i couldn't power myself up which Glee used yeah. to touch on a lot. There was a lot of plots about, um, like, Artie right. wheelchair, you know, keeping There was a whole big sale. Yes, yes. Like, they needed a special bus, and they needed, you know, to perform on stage in a certain way. And, like, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm really glad that they had Artie kind of mentoring Quinn. Like, I do think that was something that needed to happen. I feel like a lot of things in this episode, like, people actually had conversations that they needed to have, which is so rare um in glee like i, I right. so many episodes where i'm like why didn't these two characters have a conversation that doesn't make sense so this was a really good one for that but um i yeah i i totally agree with what you're saying emily about like how adult it is and how they kind of stop themselves from going deep enough about it because like clearly Artie was feeling uncomfortable with mm-hmm. like the fact that she's able to separate herself from this wheelchair and he he doesn't have the same like privilege to do so and maybe in 2012 we just didn't have the language yet to like talk about that in in a better way but yeah he, he really didn't get the chance to say like hey fuck you like this is I'm like <laughs> yeah you are coming from this place of privilege to be able to separate yourself like maybe it's temporary but for now like Mm-hmm. this is who you are and that's not a bad thing like you're you're acting like yeah. it's a shameful thing and like how would you feel if it was permanent the way it's permanent for me for Artie yeah, yeah. like what do you what are you saying about Artie when the when Quinn's joy is that it's not gonna last yes and, yeah. when he's the and the entire thing like for sure she's she's sitting there going you know I will be out of this by x time I will overcome this kind mm-hmm. of thing and he's sitting there going you're going to overcome my entire life is that is yeah that yeah. yeah that his life is something that needs to be overcome rather than yeah. he's in like I guess an award-winning glee club and he's had several hot girlfriends like I don't know he's doing all right what, what about his <laughs> right <laughs> Like, yeah, is Artie unhappy? Maybe, but we haven't delved into Artie's life outside of season one, right? When we had a little more about his feelings in the chair, but he doesn't seem, he hasn't, he's not heartbroken over his life at the moment. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, Glee, it's, Glee just gets so close sometimes. 
Right. It really it does. Just get, they get so close to like a thing that you want to root for and be like, yes, you're about to say something really important and meaningful. Oh, there's the cliff. I remember yeah. like really vividly right after the first season, Leah Michelle was doing an interview with the guy. I, I can't remember his name. The guy that plays Shelton from Big Bang Theory. Um, Sheldon Parsons. Yeah. She was doing an interview like as a part of the Emmys and she's going on about Mm -hmm. at Glee, we have the best writers and we can do this and this and that. And he's literally (laughs) laughing his ass off next to it. He's (laughs) laughing so hard. And I'm I'm sitting there going, yeah, that, that, that's about right. Yep. Like, do you though? Do you really, I mean, I know you have to lie in interviews, but let's find a lie that's almost believable. Do you know what the writers did do in this episode, though, is they remembered David Martinez. I I noticed that. I was like, hold on. I know. I just I had to make a point of it. I was like, ah, they remembered a guest star two episodes later. My God. I did love the the clarification. He was Puerto Rican. Sue is just absolutely hopeless. I, I just love her. I do, even though she's about to give birth to an adult. <laughs> That's true. I Sue was in rare form in this episode in a good way. I'm like, yes, this is the Sue I signed up for. This is the uh-huh. Sue who's like a great villain, like a kind of a an anti-hero. I love it. Like, Taking I wanted it that the, for most of the series. The same Sue we got in the pilot yelling through the megaphone. That's what mm-hmm. I wanted to come back because she was flawless. But I forgot that Coach Roz existed. I'd forgotten about that and the entire monologue she gives about literally you know what is it you know when you're older than god and she's talking and you know what else is gonna stand your fully grown adult baby when he pops out of your birth canal before he hurries off to the high power law firm where he has just made partner so take your centrum silver and your old ass and find a new dream. Her doctor's gonna have to clear the bats out of her womb. Yeah, yeah. Her, her baby with its job as a partner at a law firm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's so good. And they're they're not cool with someone like Roz. Like mm-hmm. I really we've touched on this in another episode, but I love it being an adult who has yeah. this same like very sharp wit and able to like take somebody down. Like I I love it. I do too. And that they're funny lines without being horrendously cruel. Right. Mm. Like, there's a couple times where she talks about Sam, and you're like, okay, let's back off the body shaming just like a smidge, and let's focus that on an adult. Right. they're funny. (laughs) Like, her baby rants are fucking funny. I will say, I think Sue dropped a line about Sam this episode, the Kentucky Fried Stripper, that I (laughs) had to laugh. (laughs) Yep. I think my favorite Sue line from this, though, is Mr. Schuster needs at least one adult friend. Friend, yeah. (laughs) Right, he does. (laughs) They're just, they were snappy this time. And and her, um, her lines to Cooper were amazing. Because. And that felt so much like just Jane having so much fun with Matt, too. Yes, yes. And everyone trying to keep a straight face while doing this. I am, I I imagine or if Matt did it when he walks up to her in the classroom and just kisses her on the mouth when she introduces him. <laughs> I really hope it wasn't in the script and then Matt just winged it because that would have been magical. The look on her face seemed pretty genuine to me. <laughs> What's great too is if you do it once, you've got to do it for all of the takes. Yeah. 
<laughs> if we've learned <laughs> anything, it's don't eat tomato. Like uh-huh. I think it was I think that was from Firefly, Nathan Fillion doing a take over and over again where he had to <laughs> eat one piece of tomato. Oh. Over and over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why Blaine is just gently cutting his salad with a knife and fork instead of eating it. Yeah, yeah, Darren learned that lesson on this show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wrote that down. The the it launched. This episode is really the one that launched a million gifts, but that especially just indoors. I feel like I've read that in so many fics of yep. Blaine like eating a salad with a knife and fork. Yep. Just <laughs> gently cutting it, properly holding a knife and fork. Yep. yep. And that's how I eat salad, personally. <laughs> Top of the morning to you. Oh, God, the accent. I want to know. I genuinely want to know if he just said, can I just do the worst accent I can do? Can I just do it? Yeah. I mean, I like to think that they they knew they had Matt Bomer. They knew they had a talented actor who was both serious and comedic. And they were just like go just just do something you decide and we'll fit it into the episode like who decided to call blaine squirt yeah yeah is that just because matt knows that darren's kind of short like is that what's happening here um (laughs) there's an actual plot around cooper anderson showing up and that is well i mean i think it's just to have matt bomer as a guest star on the return from the mid-season hiatus to make sure the viewers are coming back in because that's gonna um, get you that's gonna get you ratings bringing in the matt boma it's like a bomb because they advertised the hell out of it too it, it really was did yes star matt boma is in every single ad it was in absolutely everything and if you've got that you milk it uh mm. but plot wise cooper has returned to lima um where i guess he was also born to uh dig into his roots 30 35 40 years ago to (laughs) dig into his uh salt of the earth roots because he's got a big audition coming up and because Um, next season's commercials have intense gritty character stuff yes yes his (laughs) freecreditrating.com commercials know your score for credit rating today That is the best five seconds it I is. there's ever been on Glee. Yeah. <laughs> the, the jingle. <laughs> it's perfect. The face is perfect. The fact that he is not a um, world famous Hollywood actor, but sort of is, but isn't, is great. Like, they could have gone where he really was, like an A-list star. Mm. But they... What is he, like a B-list star? Mm. If people actually know who he is, but his biggest celebrity is the free credit rating.com commercial i feel it's like one of my like... favorite like recurring jokes about lima is the fact that everybody does react to him like he is just this giant star because he did mm-hmm. one commercial like kurt's face when he realizes yes. who his brother is is flawless okay but i i see this as like and they actually mention flow like the progressive flow mm-hmm. uh, from mm-hmm. all the commercials like if i found out she was from my hometown and she was like coming to my hometown i would probably <laughs> lose my shit too because in some ways we feel closer probably to people who are on like commercials and stuff like that than we do you like, see them all the time yeah they feel more familiar and more approachable maybe yeah than, like brad pitt or someone i don't know jaw like jaw like matt bomers does that feel approachable <laughs> if that's your credit.com guy <laughs> i mean at least jake from state farm 
Right, Jake from State Park. I mean, they definitely revere him, that's for sure. He's giving yeah. them the most terrible acting advice, and they're like, oh, duh, I knew that yeah. all along. Like, the acting masterclass is like mm-hmm. a step above. In terms of like glee, classic glee scenes, the acting masterclass, I've I've been in D&D games where that has been referenced. Like, <laughs> I kid you not, I had I was playing as a dungeon master and I had, they were searching for a hostage and I had one of the bandits dress up as the hostage. So he was wearing a dress and they'd killed him. And somebody <laughs> came out with, but things are serious. A man in a dress is dead. In the middle of a D&D game and we all collectively lost it. It was freaking fantastic. There's little as enduring for me as a man in a dress is dead. It's, 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 no, she's dead. This is her son. That one. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's because they're both dead. I don't, so we can, we can unpack that later. But yeah. like, <laughs> we're going to have to work on that one. I'm going to dig into that psyche. But that line is just, and it, it like is thrown away. It doesn't, it's not like important. It's just so funny. Yeah. Oh. Uh, just the entire thing with turning into like you know the the poses and everything that he does when he's in front of them and how invested they all look and how they're done so with into it. Like, it's it is comedy gold. Well, and his his first intro was his namaste. Um, <laughs> is performing with Blainers, uh, hungry like the wolf oh, slash Rio. <laughs> which is definitely Kurt's wet dream come to life. Yeah. Everything no, no, about that performance. You're both so handsome and good. Yeah, you're both so handsome and good. It's just flawless. Everything about that performance where, like, the choreography definitely looks like something two kids put together. Yeah. Oh, God, doesn't it? Like, it's not great. It's not good choreography, but they were children. I genuinely hope that that was meant like to come across like that. Like this is a, this is obviously a routine that they have done since they were kids. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, if not, sorry to the Zach. Yeah. Apologies, but, uh, Zach. <laughs> apologies. I like to think that Zach is good enough to to plan that. And like he tries to ruffle Blaine's hair, and it doesn't go anywhere. It just yeah. it's so shellac. <laughs> it just. <laughs> nothing. They probably had to edit out like the crunching sounds. Yeah. Yeah. Santana's aghast face in the background. Glorious. <laughs> <laughs> Just pure. Like, I hope, I, you know, filming with Glee, we know, was bananas, right? Like, in a week, they would be learning choreography and filming scenes, but also learning and recording the songs while they were doing all of this. And yeah, I just yeah. like to imagine that there were times when, especially in the choir room, where the other cast didn't know what was going to be performed in front of them so it was kind of like a new can you imagine if you're the cast and then just like darren and matt walk out and do that performance for the first time in front of you <laughs> i would and react you... just like they did like they yeah. Yeah. So yeah losing their minds losing it and poor sugar 
fell in love again. Oh. <laughs> Alas, I, I will say the one thing about this episode that is Vanessa Lange's is criminally underused. She oh. is. So true. But she is always- Anything that she's like, in, she should be front and center. Yes. I know her back hurt when she was on this show because she was like background work. <laughs> like she was pulling all the weight. Like anything that happened, her face is the face that you go to. Ugh, yep. Oh, yeah. Such a I, queen. I definitely did not appreciate her as much the first time around. And we've talked about this before. We're like the clean goggles were so big yeah, that yeah. I, I did not- I didn't appreciate some of the other characters. And in this episode, the Cooper goggles were like a helmet. <laughs> Astronomical. Just So at least this time I could once in a while look at other people who weren't Matt Bomer's piercing blue eyes. It it's was so hard, hard to look away. It's like headlights. It it's, it's so hard. It's t- said Darren. But yeah, I, I just love it. And his acting, his acting class... I just the the problem with Cooper and Blaine in this episode really is the intro to Fighter Song. Oh God! Is I think the failure of this episode is that we have to listen yeah. to Darren's intro. How did Matt not just lose his mind watching I Darren think, do that? I think lip-sync? maybe that that's why they just hold on Darren instead of instead of Matt. <laughs> it's that he there couldn't do it. Because it, I just I always watch his face instead of watching Darren just for the reaction. Well, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, they just I oh it make I got embarrassed rewatching that scene actually until yeah. we got to the some of the other stuff in it because I too stomp off to take angry showers. Yeah, but that's what <laughs> killed me was that shower shot. Like the I angry I know shower that, shot is the worst one. <laughs> in like the tradition of what Folgers commercials everywhere singing about your brother in the shower. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, it, it is the first of the two um, homoerotic incestuous breakup songs. Like deeply inappropriate songs to sing about your brother volume one. Yeah, yeah. And um, as someone with three brothers, uh, there's just, I, yeah. <laughs> of all the song choices, like why fighter? Is it just to get Darren boxing again? Yeah, yeah. And just to have his brother watching him casually from the hallway, just concernedly watching him. Just just, just peeking around the corner there a little bit. As you it do must, when you're, it, you know, older than God and in the middle of a high school, you're going to look at <laughs> the men's locker room. Well, in Lima, sure. I feel like whoever picked the songs for this episode was just the most literal person ever. Because I think you're exactly right. Like, it's just the boxing thing that's mm-hmm. now a staple of Blaine's personality in season three. Yeah, only in season three, though. (laughs) Yes. One of my favorite things is when, like, somebody makes a music video for a TV show and they put a very literal clip to lyrics. Like, Uh if there was was a Stargate music video that set to a Dido song and every single time the line, no earthly ships will ever bring him home, there was just a shot of spaceships (laughs) every single time. And I'm just, I love it. I love that kind of literal. And I think whoever picked the music for this particular episode was like, how literal can I get? Literally. (laughs) They were like, he's he's a fighter, you guys. Yeah. And after all that you put him through, get it? Because they're clashing. This only time that we've met these characters, they really need to hammer home that they butt heads about something. Blaine's just jealous, and I I feel that as a petty person. Yeah. So, like, the fact that his anger with Cooper is mostly 
jealousy and I guess that he wants to spend more time with his brother who hasn't lived in the same town in God knows how many years. Yeah, yeah. But like as as a deeply petty person, I feel that. I just wouldn't wouldn't sing about it. Like with somebody I have a brother that is much, much older than me. Like the age gap is almost the same. And one thing I will say, they threw in so much physicality for the two of them, like walking down the hallway with his arm around his shoulder. There was so much physicality, which if you've got a brother that is kind of semi-estranged like that, that you don't see very much, you're just not like that. You're just not like that. It it was, I think that was largely Matt and Darren. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's our mini episode is just what was up with Matt and Darren? Yeah, yeah. And that, that I mean, I don't get me wrong. I absolutely loved the physicality because I'm oh, just yeah. such a huge fan of these two. But it was, it's Glee. Like, they, there was a lot of marks that they missed in this that in terms of, of the realism. Yeah, which is why I don't think the writer has a brother. Like, the shit yeah. that they say to each other, especially at the end after homoerotic incestuous love song number two, Somebody that I used to know, which, while amazing, is way too gay for two brothers. Yeah. Um, the the line that Cooper says is like, "We're not just brothers, right?" Like, um, oh, and there's a freaking pause. There the is pause. a delay. The pause. I just again, is this like an acting choice with Matt, where he's just staring yeah. into Darren's eyes and he forgets that they're brothers for a moment, or like, what's happening? Yeah, yeah. Like I de- on one level I deeply appreciate this, but on the other level, no, no. Yeah, for like for like me personally, hell yeah. Me as a viewer yeah. of a TV show watching two brothers, like actually, if you could, yeah. if you could not say that, that would be great. There I is a you- one of my favorite Glee artists from back in the day, Kendra can draw. Um, they are like. They transcend in terms of the Glee comics they did after every episode. Mm-hmm. And I remember vividly the one after this one was about basically about this. It was about the the kind of weird homoeroticism going on between these mm-hmm. two. And I just, oh, it was hilarious. I feel like, I mean, good actors are good actors, but sometimes you just can't contain like raw <laughs> uh, energy and kind of bled mm-hmm. through a couple times here. And I say that proudly. <laughs> I say that without shame. They'll never hear this, probably. <laughs> or you never know. Yeah, Matt Bomer listens every week. Well, you know, if he does, he could really come on and discuss the uh, rehearsal process. Yes. The, or something. The, the audition video, yeah. which I mean, oh we'll get to at one point. Yes. Because oh I'm pretty because... sure that was the two of them. I'm pretty oh, sure the two of yeah. them said, let's, let's film this. Yeah. Why not? Especially, so like, it's not even a deleted scene. It's they're in yeah. they're in costume, but like Darren's not completely in costume. He's in mm. a sweatshirt. Like we'll we'll link this too, because if somehow you haven't seen the Cooper Anderson Michael Bay audition tape, it is it is the kind of glee that never quite happens again. Like I can't think of the other guest stars who took time to to film professionally film not like on a phone but professionally film extra footage with the actors just for fun in character it's absolutely for funsies and you can tell that the two of them were like on set going probably revving each other up like do you you want to do it we should do it we're totally gonna do it and they just found a room somewhere yeah a camera to do this yeah definitely and it's it's truly glorious um 
And that is that that helped feed fandom, I think, at least for us of just like, here are two people deeply in love with each other on a professional level, (laughs) enjoying the week that they have. And I'm sure knowing that Matt Bomer was not going to return because the guest stars never fucking do unless they're Kristen Chenoweth. But we were frothing at the mouth after this episode. Like the amount of Cooper content that we got out of this one, like 42 minutes and not even 42 minutes because of all of the different plots. (laughs) That's true. Because it's also senior ditch day, but who gives a fuck about that when you've got Cooper happening in the background? Imagine the other stuff little moment that i loved which was te- when teen jesus comes and rejoins them the you've got a twig in your hair yeah right and then he actually does and he it's does. just like oh thanks <laughs> it's he's such, such a, a cute chill. moment yeah it's uh it's cute and chill and he's just so i mean everyone in the glee club is kind of an asshole except for teen jesus yeah yeah he's just too chill to care about most things He's like oh, uh, just an alien. He's a little bit of an alien, yeah. Keeping a track of like the volume of plot. So we got Senior Ditch Day. We have Cooper comes to town. We have yes. Queen is recovering. Teen yes. Jesus is back. Yes. Sue is giving birth. Yes. So there's at least five plots well, currently running. Oh, and the pool and and the pool cleaning, and, um, the pool cleaning and Rachel's feelings. Yes. And that Roz Washington has been made co-coach of the Cheerios. Yes because we're discriminating against pregnant old ladies yeah that was fucked mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. seems kind of realistic though yeah definitely realistic i mean we still live in america unfortunately <laughs> no no national guaranteed maternity nope. or parental leave love it I'm just gonna sit back here and smile in yeah Australia. your privilege listen Anyway, we can complain about the uh, American system of everything next time. The trauma of the American experience, yeah. Really, though, I mean, welcome to, welcome to the fall of Rome. I don't know. I was just reading my notes of, like, why doesn't Cooper ever come back with, like, 12 A's in it? Not even for the yeah. wedding or anything. It's Not even. Yeah. Okay. These are the questions that I need answered about Glee in general. Why would you bring a guest star as a family member? You could have brought Cooper as just like the freecreditrating.com guy who was returning to his old high school to do exactly the same thing without them being brothers. And then when he never returns, you don't have to be like, okay, but but that's a family member of a of one of the main characters. Like he could have been Blaine's uncle. That would have been slightly <laughs> unbelievable. He could like, have been Blaine's uncle, yeah. And then we I also I want to know deep down is gina gershon his mother or what is going on there like because she's his mother yeah Mm. so maybe 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 gina gershon is is cooper's wife and blaine (laughs) is their child and blaine is actually his son not his brother and that's why he's extra awkward I don't know. That I probably ruins a lot of people's fic, though. We see, like, two members of Blaine's family and neither of them Makes have sense. any kind of Asian heritage <laughs> as well. Like, let's just fill this family with white people. Why not? Yeah. Just, why? Glee really did not bother trying to incorporate Darren's heritage into the show. Which, I mean, if they had tried, I'm sure they would have made it fucking awkward. 
Yeah. So, so that, that's probably a godsend right yeah. there. You know, there's still hope because what? Cooper's way older than him. His mom. Okay. She's not Asian, but we never see the dad. And he dad. and Cooper yeah. could have different dads. That's true. And that's just some fanon to hold on to. <laughs> yeah. We'll just cling to that. Yeah. Blaine's actually adopted. Um, maybe. From a bad situation. Mm, hmm. Hmm. I mean, Mama Anderson's hot. Like, I could Mama believe that she hot, was like yeah. married, and then husband something happened, and then and like, that would make even more sense why Cooper and Blaine never really bonded. It's a whole nother layer. They don't have the same dad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is interesting when your brothers have a different parent, right? Although apparently, I do love the the flashbacks we do get of Cooper and Blaine. Blaine is like what four years old. He just and learned Cooper how to walk a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. So and he's still wearing the bow tie and, and Cooper's putting him through full on dance moves. Because like, mm-hmm. I know if, if I was a teenager and had a tiny, tiny infant brother, I would make him dance. Mm-hmm. You definitely put him in a bow tie as a toddler oh, yeah. and slick back his hair. Okay, the slick back toddler hair really fucking annoyed me though, because as you know... <laughs> Blaine's slick back adult hair pisses me the fuck off and that they were trying to oh, yeah. retcon that his hair was always like that. I don't think so. I saw season two. Yeah. Yeah. The, oh, God. Between Junior Gate and the hair, like <laughs> there are so many issues I know. when it came to retconning Blaine like to the high heavens. Well, really, oh. it sucks when you, uh, you turn a one-off character into a main character without doing any sort of background work. I still remember uh, there was an interview with Darren and uh, Harry Shum Jr. in it, and he found out via text message that the two of them were going to be regulars the next Mm -hmm. season, in season three. And Harry hadn't even heard yet. He heard in that interview from Darren that they were going to (laughs) become regulars. Like, what is the system on this show? I I imagine maybe like carrier pigeons or maybe a system of pneumatic tubes. I love, by the way, that this stuff i retain like i know i've got no room for learning anything new in my life because i have so much glee trivia i mean yes sometimes <laughs> i just think about uh we'll call them clean moments and and i they just they live rent free in my brain instead of new things like the geopolitical issues <laughs> i will say i had completely forgotten about margaret thatcher dog margaret that thatcher dog apparently- that I'm conversation is so sweet. Yeah. It was the cutest. That showed up in a lot of fan art too. Oh yeah, there was it like became one of the like the elements of the Clayne relationship. There was, you know, the the Pavarotti and Margaret mm-hmm. Thatcher dog and all these tiny little. I, I ended up one of the artworks I think I did at one point was like a patchwork quilt of all of the different mm. elements. Yes, of their and Margaret Thatcher dog was on that as well. I do love, because we talked about this a couple episodes back, and I I wish I could remember what exact moment it was, but again, I only have, I have a sieve for a brain these days, but uh, we had talked about when the episode gives you the moment of something that becomes integral to a, the fandom or a ship or a character, and then you see it in like its natural habitat. you're like oh that's the line that everyone puts in fic forever and ever he said it or like that's the bow tie that's the you know 
It's, just it's kind that of... moment when a character eats one thing or says that they like a certain mm-hmm. kind of food and then every single fanfic has them eating that food for the rest of time. For the rest of time. Uh, <laughs> was that Blaine's non-fat mocha? Yeah. No, it, Blaine gets a drip. Oh, oh sorry. I'm sorry. I should know this. Blaine... Yikes. Kurt gets a non-fat mocha. Non-fat no-whip mocha. That's right. Yep. Yes. Like, and Blaine's Rip. like free in my head. Blaine likes scarves. Scarves and coffee. Scarves and coffee. I think that was one of the things that I loved as well about this particular episode was that it spawned the volume of fanfic, especially like, I I can't speak for everybody, but for me as well, like the volume of fanfic that suddenly had Cooper in it Mm -hmm. that I was putting out at that point. And I I had a lot of people come and say, can you stop writing about Cooper, please? He was only in one episode. And I'd be like, "Mm, no, no, that's not going to happen. Absolutely Um, not. But Glee slept on a lot of what they could have done. They did. They slept slept so badly on Blaine's prom reference to be having the crap kicked out of him. There was so many GIF edits of Cooper. There were shots of Matt Bomer from White Collar looking Mm -hmm. distressed. Mm -hmm. There were so many GIF edits of like, of Cooper reacting to things happening to Blaine or stories like, and 99% of the time, the Fanon version was so much better mm-hmm. than the canon that we actually, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the canon that we got. Yeah. They could have done so much more and it's heartbreaking. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. And, but, but I, I hate to even say this because it feels anathema to everything I stand for, but less less or fewer hmm. less canon cooper meant they couldn't fuck him up this is very true and it's it's the bert hummel conundrum where bert, bert hummel exists perfectly because he's only on screen for like eight total minutes yeah and as much as i want more bert if he was i'm sure they'd make him a trump supporter you know what i mean like <laughs> i yeah, yeah. They, they just they will find a way to ruin it. Yeah, like just keep your hands off Cooper. I don't need him becoming a TikTok star. I don't need him. I'll write him winning an Oscar. I don't need you to do it for me. I got this. So yeah. I, I do I, kind of love it when fandom adopts a character that doesn't get its yeah. just desserts. Yeah, like it's it's one of the reasons why like there's it's there was so much potential in certain moments in Glee, and there are whole TV series like. Teen Wolf (laughs) that could have been that could have been so much more and their potential was massive but it got completely squandered Mm -hmm. and those shows where the fanfic is like the ripest yes it's it's those shows where the the potential was huge and massively squandered where the fanfic is just spectacular because it it just outstrips the show by a mile it does it's the the rage of of yeah. bad writing creates better writing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fix it fic is maybe the best outcome of a bad show. This no longer belongs to you. This yes. belongs to us now. This belongs to us and keep your grubby little paws off it. <laughs> <laughs> that is the upside. Um that doesn't mean I wouldn't have wanted at least one more episode. Why did he not come to the wedding? He could have made Blaine's so uncomfortable. He could have done a song that was vaguely inappropriate at the wedding. Like, vaguely. It was like a song all about him. 
somehow. Oh, yeah. Oh, he would have been. Yeah. Okay. I can't think about this. I'm just thinking of all the ways Cooper could have been involved in their wedding. Yeah. He could have. He would. You know what? He would have been the celebrant, and he would have spent the entire time talking about himself. Yes, absolutely. And that would have been okay. I love it. Um, <laughs> do we have any other plot issues that we have to iron out before we move on to our indices? Is there any plot well, left? No, I think we covered pretty much all of it. There was. I think the one thing I will say is that, that Glee does have a habit, and I, I remembered it just watching this episode, of filling the episode with a lot of silliness and just undercurrenting it with two or one or two very serious things. So you get this contrast of Matt Bomer doing this this acting masterclass class and pointing and yelling and and the entire NCIS scene. And in the same episode, you've got Quinn's wheelchair issues and you've got the fact that there's something wrong with Sue's baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, oh yeah, that throwaway bit of like, oh there's that just casually, just we're gonna chuck this in here. Yeah. And it's it's something that in the earlier seasons they did a lot better than they because they it got very heavy handed mm-hmm. in the in the later seasons that they'd try to kind of juxtapose the drama with the comedy. And it it's one of those things that, that they started out addressing things really, really well and then they got to the point where it, it, that, and that's the meme. It became the joke that everybody's saying, please, God, I, I, I'm so glad Lee's not running because they would have done a Hamilton yes. episode. Uh-huh. That would also be about, like, you know, crime and things like that and racism. <laughs> right. But right. it's just, uh, well, but like, they got to the point where they made that. That was what the show was about in yes. the end, was whatever heavy-handed issue mm-hmm. was going on at the time. So I'm kind of I'm kind of really really glad that that we had that kind of golden period where they did that relatively well in the early days. Yeah, we've I think we brought that up before that the the um I was called it a monster of the week. This the after school <laughs> well, <laughs> well, yeah. The after school special episodes were yeah. uh, questionable. Like mm. sometimes it would work out well and sometimes it'd be like the school shooting episode where you think, could you could you never do this again, please? Oh yeah, they got very bad at it. Like every once in a while you're like, God, you really tackled that well for you. And no, it was that Chris <laughs> Colfer is an amazing actor, full stop. And then well, they yes. got hockey, like they were the ones making magic happen. And then it's like, no, Chris can just cry on demand and is very <laughs> genuine in the way that he acted that storyline because it was very yes. personal to him. You, that's lightning in a bottle, my dude. You can't. That wasn't your writing. The school shooting episode is going to set me the fuck off. I can't no. wait till we get to it because I, I've seen it once and I've never watched it again. I was so infuriated. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. Can't wait to hate this episode. Worst. I think I hate that one the most. I hate that one in the breakup. Really good oh. comedy comes from pure hatred. It does. I think. It really does. You're able to tear things apart to a degree that you couldn't unless you really fucking hated the yeah. thing. If you have any respect for it at all, you kind of like hold back. But yeah. when it's pure hate, then it's just choice. Um, favorite songs? Oh. <laughs> I gotta say, we got a snippet because at the time this this aired, um, not only did I get Matt Boma as Cooper, which I had, which was just a godsend for me, but I also got my favorite song being sung by the two of them together. 
second clip of somebody that I used to know yes and that clip got played so many thousands of times on my computer and it was eight seconds long I've got to say it's definitely I, context aside right somebody that I used to know absolutely is it, is it just the eight seconds though like not the whole song fuck that no, <laughs> just the eight second clip that just just I still listen to that all the time oh, I do too I um. <laughs> yeah that's mine for sure. Yeah, I think that's definitely the best song in the episode. I think uh, honorable mention to, is it just titled Up, I guess? I, I, I don't know. I wrote down that song Quinn and Artie sang because I yeah, couldn't. I because this scene is really cute. Um, Eric Stoltz did a great job like juxtapositioning them on the roller coaster and then yeah. Quinn and Artie at the skate park, Crip Skip. Yeah, um, yeah I thought that was a really <laughs> fun fun way to put that together um and it was just cute and well done it's a fun song to listen to i think that's one that i you know listen to outside of like listening yeah. to glee playlist mm. like it's something i would like choose to listen to it's cute so we have our kevin mcscale which i feel is at a solid five solid five for sure i wrote that down too yeah he got, he's got two... songs he's got plot yeah a whole ass plot and he's and he's honestly just a really he's really in his at his best I guess in this episode is what I'm trying to say like there's been so many episodes where they've done Artie so dirty mm-hmm. like agreed even though he's a good person and he he's really just so pure in this episode yeah definitely maybe it's because he's not trying to steal a girlfriend oh, right like he's always telling like, everybody they need to have sex so they can act yeah <laughs> exactly well, that's, I mean that's just common sense yeah everybody <laughs> knows that <laughs> How is our claim decks? Pretty damn high, honestly. If you took out the Margaret Thatcher dog conversation, it'd be like zero. Yeah, like a like a two or like a four. But having all that put into context, like I'm I'm literally still bugging over how many actual good closure closure providing conversations we had in this episode. Kurt was really understanding of what was happening here. I I appreciate his like coming in with some spitting facts yeah clutch and i will say that it was one of the things for me that you're both so handsome and good just, yes. that just right i love me. that line yes you can see you can see in kurt's face the entire time the threesome that is playing over in his head yes. for that entire first scene mm-hmm. yes it definitely is and probably in chris's too <laughs> and we do not blame him even remotely no. not even a little bit can't can't hate there um i feel like um without a without a like a song from like because blaine didn't sing to kurt and kurt didn't sing at all so i feel like it's like maybe a six on the clay index for the for margaret thatcher dog yeah for just like yeah you're both so handsome and good uh the locker conversation before that and then mm-hmm. margaret thatcher dog oh, such an iconic 
part of the clane canon. Yes. So. And what is our our coulda shoulda woulda? Mm. Oh, Cooper should have come back ever yeah. for anything. Yeah. <laughs> coulda. He was like on a phone, like a video of him or something, anything. I know anything. Photo of Blaine's locker. Exactly. One of the things that I like was one of my absolute favorite things in recent years because it it just goes to show how much lingers. There was a, an episode of I think it was um, the 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 show that that Darren did for Ryan Murphy where he, he won the awards. I've totally blanked on the name of it. American Horror Story. Yeah. Um, um, Versace. American Crime yeah. Story. Um, in an episode and i think it was matt was directing the episode uh and there was a photo of the two of them hugging yes yep like like eight years on from whatever glee whatever happened on glee and i I saw the photo of my dash and just flashed straight back in time yep it's still all of that it still hits so good it does it hits so good Mm -hmm. and it's i think from the years and years of like fandom and from all the time we spent on the ask the ender bros uh tumblr it was just that was the height of it for me that was yeah. absolutely top like heights of fandom fun that i had in that period and it's it all comes down to matt and, and darren and every time i see them together i go straight back there all coming back yes <laughs> it does it really does uh, and I'm saying that's the power of glee. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> the more you know, big rainbow. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was big rainbow. Was, that's appropriate. It's you know, that's that's how it should be. Is Matt Bomer riding a unicorn over a rainbow? Um, awesome. I <laughs> we should probably wrap it up so that people can leave <laughs> well this was like i gotta say i haven't had this much fun on a podcast in a long time yes so this was awesome well and it was a great flashback for me to be perfectly honest as soon as we were like let's do a podcast about glee i was like well obviously Gigi has to come talk about matt bomer who the fuck else is gonna do it i appreciate <laughs> that i jumped straight to mine it did, in yes. correlation with anything to do with matt bomer you did that makes my life I love that this has been in the works for like years, apparently, Emily. Yes. That's so cool. Um, I truly feel like I've been in the presence of uh, legends here <laughs> in the pod space. Um, you know what? You should. You I know. Should. You well, know what? I'm- You're right. <laughs> I say all the time that doing Glee on the Rocks is just like therapy and closure. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> it's been- oh God, it's so true. It is. I love that we're able to bring other people in who experience these things with us <laughs> in big closure. and small ways to get also their therapy enclosure. Yeah. It's pretty great. Um, you just got to work it out a little okay. bit. Yeah. Like there was right at the end of leaving fandom, there was like a really down patch and it was sad because I'd had so much fun mm-hmm. in Glee fandom. There were so many amazing people and I shouldn't have let like a few shitty voices drown that out. It's so hard. Uh, and like the fourth, like the power of retrospect, I wouldn't have left honestly. If I mm. if I had my druthers, I would not have left. Um, and I just I only left because of a handful of assholes. But this was like crazy fun to go back and revisit that and revisit the best of times mm-hmm. as well. As as cheesy as that sounds, revisit what was the height of it for me. Yeah, definitely. It was. It was for me too. Not that this isn't. <laughs> 
this isn't everyone is yes but it, it definitely uh it lives in its own little little bubble of awesome it's totally awesome even oh god no <laughs> no not, not quite right um well thank you to being on the show and thank you the show sounds so dickish um <laughs> the show you didn't say my show so that's not dickish oh god that'd be awful thanks for coming out of my um and thank you to the people listening i hope this has also been a trip down memory lane for you because it sure was for us um, oh yeah i know there's just it's the good stuff the juicy stuff um yeah so thank you for listening and i guess that's I guess you can follow us on social media. This is the part I don't like doing. Um, <laughs> social media and all the yummy places. And I guess that's what you missed on uh, Cooper? <laughs>